Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr. Our show today is about international supply chains. Packaging safety. Tamper-evident design is perhaps most visible in the process of product packaging and labeling, where it can be vital to know that the product has been has not been altered since left the manufacturer. Today's show will cover encrypted track, trace, and authentication technologies, such as Sig- SignaKey, and their potential use to support the CAMA repository management system. CAMARMS, as it's referred to, for handling the transfer, quarantine, and control and destruction of counterfeit materials. Today's show is being brought to you by our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components, LLC. BQPM LLC provides business business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. Please take a minute and visit them at www.bqpm.com to learn more. Secure Components LLC, an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standards. You can find them at www.securecomponents.com. I'd also like to recognize the law firm of Goldberg Sagala, who regularly contributes to the show. And without them, we wouldn't know the legal uh, ramifications of what we're doing, I suspect. Today, we have Matt Schindel, Matthew Schindel, attorney with Goldberg Sagala, joining us. And you can find Goldberg Sagala at www.goldbergsagala.com. There is a bit of uh, legal ease that we need to share with you. I need to make sure that you understand that the information provided by this radio internet broadcast uh, website, any link for this website or any other social media is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice and should not be used for any purpose. Every jurisdiction within the United States may have different variations of the law regarding your particular situation. The listener should consult with an attorney for individual advice tailored to his her particular situation. Any information you obtain from this radio, internet, broadcast, website, or a link from this website does not create a, an attorney-client relationship 
with Matthew Schindel or any other attorney, agent, and or employee of Goldberg Sagala, LLP. Also, please do not send any confidential or privileged information to anyone at Goldberg Scala. Uh, Goldberg Scala will not assume any, re- any liability or responsibility for it, and I'll probably get in trouble. Uh, with that said, <laughs> um, my two guests today uh, are Richard, and I've been kidding him all day. I've been calling him Robert instead of Richard, but it's Richard P. McDermott, Ph.D., with um, Signa Key. Uh, Richard, you've got an impressive background here. In addition to being a serial entrepreneur, uh, it says here you were born in England and you started with the purchase of your first company in 1981. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you, Stan. It's a pleasure joining you and thank you for inviting me. Uh, You're quite welcome. I look forward to our conversation today. And before we get started, Matthew, you've been with us uh, on past shows. I'd like to welcome you back to the show. Thank you, Stan. Thanks for having me on the show again. And least I not say, uh, Matthew is probably the leading uh, attorney at Goldberg Segal, other than his boss, Frank, who often visits the show as well. And if that doesn't get you in trouble, Matt, I don't know what I can do to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's let's jump right into it. Um, the topic, as I said earlier, is about the uh, packaging safety, and I'd like to start, if we could, with a um, question to Richard. Uh, and and if uh, you would, Richard, beyond welcoming you to the show, what um, what led you to getting involved with counterfeit mitigation? and particularly the tamper evidence seals that we've been talking about. Well, it's, it's a long story, Stan, and uh, I think the show doesn't last long enough for me to tell the story. Uh, but um, it started off when um, my business partner now uh, owned a company with the same technology that we have today. And um, in the words of uh, Victor Kayam, who uh, had Remington, I like the shaver so much, I bought the company. The yes. same thing applied uh, with me. <laughs> See, now, uh, Matt, you won't remember Victor Kayam. It's uh, only Stanley and I would uh, be old enough. Yes. <laughs> but um, I like the, the technology so much that uh, bought the company. And uh, we morphed over time into um, uh, anti-counterfeiting and tracking and tracing. Um, we have just recently um, been working uh, on counterfeit uh, electronic components, uh, but uh, we've also been working on uh, high-end watches, um, uh, pharmaceutical products, uh, and uh, automotive products. Um, and but t- today, the the hot thing is, I would say, um, um, the electronic components. Uh, when we first got into this, uh, I used to believe that the two most counterfeit things in the world were Rolex watches and Viagra. And I, I found <laughs> out if either anybody gets a fake Rolex or Viagra, only one person will be disappointed. However, right. today, um, I am astounded by the amount of things that are counterfeit. Um, every single thing that can be made uh, as being potentially counterfeit and copied. Some of the things like uh, Rolex and Viagra, nobody gets hurt. But when you move to electronic components, particularly if you're using them in aerospace or military, 
when you get a, a counterfeit component in one of those systems, um, the consequences can result in death. Uh, and so it becomes very important. Uh, and in particular, we uh, got involved with uh, Stanley's company uh, because I gave a, a, a paper at a conference called Counterfeit West in uh, San Diego last year. And Stanley and I communicated after that, and he uh, talked to me about Kama uh, uh, and the RMS system, and uh, we found a common ground in the Signiki tamper evident seals, which could be put on the uh, the pouches or containers, bringing back the components to his organization uh, uh, for disposition. And uh, the, the our product uh, is. Uh, very good for the forensic controls, and I think um, it will stand up to the rigors of legal challenge um, uh, after it has been transferred correctly. Uh, thank you, Richard. And, and let me expand on that just a little bit, and then uh, I'd like to ask Matt to, to make a comment as well here. But what Richard's re referring to, CAMA uh, itself is an organization, uh, it's actually a mark used uh, association. <coughs> that is uh, Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance. It is intended to be and growing to be a, an international program with uh, affiliates around the world. Part of the services provided by the CAMA organization is, as Richard pointed out, a repository management system. The key to solving the problems for Senator Levin and McCain are the ones that they've identified through some of their work uh, getting the counterfeit parts out of our supply chains, and particularly in this case we're talking about the military supply chain, uh, part, of, part of that su succeeding in that area is to get the components that are suspect or counterfeit out of the supply chain, lock them up, quarantine them, if you will, and then disposition them appropriately. In some cases, we have to hold on to them until the Department of Justice has decided whether or not to take legal action. In other cases, it's holding on to them until the financial ramifications of the material is satisfied and we can then have them physically destroyed. And one of the problems we ran into with that was determining how best to transfer that material from one entity to another when it was considered suspect, uh, how do you transfer it and make sure that what you're shipping and receiving is, is right? Uh, again, that brings us back to uh, Richard's comments about the tamper evidence seals. Uh, with that explained, Matt, um, one, of, one of the issues here obviously is the legality of these things and uh, I'd like your thoughts where we're talking about a SEAL or a forensic approach. Uh, how might that help industry? Well, let me just start off by by telling our listeners why Goldberg Segal is uh, involved with the show and, and why we think CAMA is so important, along with what Richard is doing. Um, you know, while we serve as counsel to, to uh, product manufacturers and retailers uh, regarding claims for for product liability and, and, and uh, personal injuries caused by defective products, um, one of the main things we try to do is help our uh, clients avoid litigation. So we often help our clients with risk avoidance 
to minimize and manage risks associated with designing, manufacturing, and selling products. So that, that goes to what uh, Richard's talking about and what he just mentioned with, with Kama. Um, you know, the best way to, 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 avoid being, to avoid being sued is, is, to, is to do everything you can to uh, mitigate the risks uh, associated with, with your product. Um, and uh, the way the law is in most states uh, in the United States is that if you distribute, manufacture, or sell some kind of defective product and someone gets hurt by it, if you're a company uh, at any point within the supply chain, um, you can be on the hook for liability. Um, and it doesn't matter what kind of care you necessarily exercise to avoid that risk. So, again, what, what I'm trying to say is I think it's extremely important uh, and I think it's it's a great thing what, what what this repository is about and what Richard's doing to to help mitigate the risk to avoid being in a lawsuit in the first place. Because even if you hire me or any or any law firm in the country to help you out, and even if you win, the fact of the matter is you're going to have to spend a large sum of money to help defend a claim, um, and also your reputation is going to get tarnished just by being part of the lawsuit, even if you win. Um, so the best way to answer, the simplest answer question is. Um, it's important to do something like this to, to mitigate the risks uh, associated with your product to avoid being in a lawsuit. Your, your comment there uh, about the brand recognition or tarnishing your, your name you know, brings sure. to mind uh, a serious issue. And if we go back to 2003, although it's yeah. not counterfeit, it was actually uh, hazardous substances under the Rojas rules, but Sony had a tremendous problem with that um, and it just kind of demonstrates if you're not familiar with it uh, Sony had products shipped to Europe that had fire retardant chemicals that weren't supposed to be in some cables and they paid dear they paid dearly not not for the legal part of it I mean it was pretty straightforward but the tarnishing of the <coughs> brand it took them a number of years to resolve that over time. So, yeah, and obviously the the problem with with having your reputation tarnished is that the reality is you know you, you lose money, um, and, uh, and that can affect everything you work for to to start your business and, and to be successful. So, again, it's 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 extremely important to have mitigation uh, policies in place to avoid that potential issue. Very very true. Richard, why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about the seal? And um, we've got a few minutes before we have to take a break, but uh, we'll start down this path. I'd like to help the audience understand a little bit about what the seal does, and then perhaps I can share a little bit about how Cam, cam Arms is, is going to use it. Uh, sure. The, the seal consists of two Mylar labels, uh, and the back one is very sticky and you uh, uh, use it to seal the bag or the pouch that the product is in it. Uh, on the front of the label is printed um, uh, a signa key. It is uh, probably 30 millimeters square, like an inch and a quarter by an inch and a quarter. And it can be read with a smartphone or a uh, like a $10 webcam from Radio Shack connected to your um, laptop. And uh, if you've got the passwords, you can decode that, uh, and it will tell you where it came from. If somebody tampers with it by opening it, the mylar tears into two and it leaves a very sticky uh, um, 
words saying void all over the uh, front of your product. And you can see that somebody's obviously tampered with it. And, and we can link that signature key from the person who sent it. So say Stanley sent me the product. Uh, we can link by decoding it when he filled the envelope, what his geospatial location was and what the date and time was. And when I receive it, I can decode it and I can do exactly the same thing. And so thereby we can get a, a complete chain of custody for the product from Stanley to myself. I, I have to believe, Matt, that if you could go into a uh, situation and share that with parties that were wanting to take action, they would think twice? I, I, I definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this, I think another thing, point I wanted to bring up is that I, I mentioned before that anyone in the supply chain could be potentially responsible. But, but if you have something in place like this that will establish some kind of traceability, um, and we'll lead the end user to know where this thing came from, whatever the product is came from. Um, there's a defense called uh, substantial alteration. So someone's someone suing a product liability suit. Um, they won't be liable if they can prove that the product was substantially altered after it left their control because the supplier or manufacturer can, can argue most likely successfully with, with, with what uh, Richard's trying to do that it wasn't foreseeable that the product would be uh, alter in this way that would ultimately cause the product. So that's, that's just something for people to keep in mind uh, when they want to consider using uh, the product that Richard's talking about. Well, very good. Uh, well, we're, we're going to uh, step away for a uh, short break, uh, radio identification and our sponsors, and we'll be right back. When we come back, I'll share with you a little more about what Cam Arms is doing, and I'll have Richard share with you how this could actually be used on containers coming from anywhere in the world. We'll see you uh, back here in just a minute. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. 5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. 
Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr., our show today international supply chains packaging safety we're talking about tamper evident devices uh, designed to uh, provide a visible uh, clearly visible uh, way of knowing that a package has been unsealed I have as my guest uh, Richard McDermott from Signakey and Matt Shindell Matthew Shindell from Goldberg Sagala uh, welcome back, Richard. Matt? Thank you. Thank you. Um, as, we were, as we were moving off to uh, the break, we were talking about the value proposition of using this type of seal and how it provides a way of um, due diligence, if you will, providing a manufacturer or anybody selling a part uh, or product um, or components in in large quantities and particularly the use that uh, the cam arms the counterfeit avoidance mark alliance repository management or quarantine uh, process is going to be using or is using to manage uh, suspect and counterfeit parts but I'm I'm also uh, quick to note that this is something that can be used in a in a variety of ways uh, it strikes me that in talking with Richard, this could actually become a label for a product, whereby the product contents, if you will, or the the um, I suspect, and Richard, maybe you can just uh, help me with this. Uh, there's a Rojas requirement out in the world today, the restriction Ooh. of hazardous substances, and it seems to me that since there's so many substances in a product. This might be a very interesting way for a manufacturer to identify uh, its its um, chemicals in those products and actually mark their products with that. Uh, that's correct. Uh, I can give you a couple of examples. Um, one of them we developed for uh, a major pharmaceutical company whereby um, we uh, proposed marking the... Uh, the container, the, the box in which you get your dr- drugs from the pharmacy. Um, I think everybody who's opened that up uh, needs glasses to read the, the little notes are inside, which uh, we call, I call them doctor's notes or the inserts. One of the technologies we developed was linking everything that was on there uh, to um, 
four different languages and we had it verbalized so you could scan the Sigma key and it would read to you each of the sections and you could cue it to say what are the drug interactions and it would say it to you in whatever language you wanted. All of that was linked to a Sigma key. Uh, we've also uh, worked with um, product which uh, is uh, containerized uh, whereby um, we can mark the a Sigma key mark onto uh, the container, but we can also put a Sigma key mark onto the product itself. One of the things that uh, the audience needs to know about Sigma key is every Sigma key is unambiguously unique. And so you can only put one of them onto the container and then you could put one of them onto the product. Um, we have marked Sigma keys uh, as small as one millimeter square and the, the, the mark within the Sigma key is a, a rotating letter Y and there's 256 of them in one millimeter square and we had to mark that onto the body of a watch uh, and you need a laser to do that. Uh, we have uh, worked on proposals to mark in uh, Sigma keys as large as two meters square on the top of containers so they could be monitored from the sky so people could track where the, where the container was at the time and what was in the container. So it's a very um, ubiquitous product. Uh, with, with, that, with that said, it uh, raises the question that there's got to be competition or competitors out there with various products that do the same thing or is this fairly unique? Well, I'd say there's competitors out there, Mr. Handler, but uh, uh, without uh, trumpeting my own product, I don't think it's any as, as good as uh, what we've got. And, and let me maybe explain that. Uh, our product would be analogous to a 2D barcode, uh, which are, most of the audience are familiar with, uh, by the QR code or the data matrix. The difference between that and SignaKey is that uh, um, the SignaKey is like a 2D barcode on steroids. Um, we've got several things that separate us from, from those other two products. The most notable being is that all of those are open source software. And the, probably the biggest promoter on a global basis for that was a, is a company called GS1. And the counterfeiter can actually go on to GS1 and find out how to write uh, codes uh, for Stan Salat. Uh, and he tells you how to do it. So they figured that out. <laughs> Uh, that, that doesn't help me much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you could tell a real stand from a fake stand. Um, but I think, um, to give you some idea, our mark is so unique, um, we can produce 7.2 times 10 to the 31. So there's 31 zeros after 7.2 before we repeat uh, the sequence. Uh, and if you apply that to the case of... Uh, uh, electronic components, we were asked by uh, a government official, uh, how do you know it's, uh, it's not going to be repeated? And the answer was, if you take every single component, electronic component, from the days of the first chips made by Fairchild through to today, and look at every chip that's going to be made this year, they wouldn't use 5% of 7.2 times 10 to the 31. So in our lifetime, it's not going to repeat. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that separates us. The other yeah, thing that I think, like it. it's a lot. Uh, maybe another thing that, that separates us is from, uh, from uh, our competition is a lot of people say that you can uh, have a lot of redundancy in the message. 
for example, if you took a five millimeter square signal key and I embedded a message in there that said, hello, Stanley, I could eradicate or cover 60, any 60% you wanted of that and decode it with the same webcam or the same smartphone and it would decode hello Stanley. So we've got a tremendous amount of redundancy in our message uh, and not one of our competitors can do that. And that's very important if you look at how packages get handled and sometimes the, um, the data matrix or the, um, the QR code gets damaged. In our case, it doesn't matter. So we've, we've got a lot of redundancies in there. It, it definitely sounds like it, and uh, again, uh, you know, from from going back to my from my standpoint, it, it sounds like it provides a tremendous opportunity and tool. But then, I guess another question that might be asked is, uh, how many how many banks do I have to rob to uh, afford it? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not expensive, um, and I think a lot of the pricing is depending um, on the, the quantity. Um, let me give you an example. I think the single biggest use drug of an injectable drug uh, is a product uh, made in the United States called Solumedrol. One pharmacy makes 420 million vials a year. 420 million. 20 million. Wow. We have a price in for that that's less than a penny. Okay, uh, and if you multiply that, if they if they paid us what we asked them for, it'd be a lot of money. On the other hand, if you look at uh, a watch uh, and some of the large watch manufacturers, the Swiss watch manufacturers in particular, maybe make uh, four hundred thousand watches a year, but the average selling price of the watch may be six seven thousand dollars. Then you're right. looking a buck. Uh, uh, to put the mark on, and every one of those people want to put the mark on themselves because they don't trust anybody else because they believe people counterfeiters can figure out the mark as well. Oh uh, yes, that that uh, that is certainly a an issue that many companies that I've spoken with uh, have addressed. And uh, Matt, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you 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 raise a good point about cost. Well, I, I think that's an extremely good point to bring up. Um, I was just reading something the other day that said a few years ago, uh, the Government Accountability Office published a report that states United States businesses lose $200, $250 billion a year due to, due to counterfeiting. Um, and the problem is, as few companies or individuals really take the time to assess the business risk associated with this problem, and they don't really formulate adequate mitigation detection or authentication programs to ensure they're not uh, distributing counterfeit parts. So... If they, if they went out of their way to, to adopt the program that Richard's using and use a similar product, um, they can really avoid being, being one of the statistics, being one of the businesses that are losing this much money. More importantly, um, they can help to avoid uh, causing people personal injuries and property damage and things like that. So um, I, I just want to emphasize and reiterate that what Richard's doing is extremely important and um, Hopefully the cost is, is doable for most companies, but I think the cost of not doing it is, is even even uh, more expensive and uh, can be uh, worse. They can be worse off. It, it's it's interesting. We we did a show on January fourteenth when the United Nations this problem of counterfeit is is reached. While they don't like the word epidemic, I certainly uh, have used the term epidemic uh, or pandemic. 
uh, as a term used, uh, counterfeiting is just run wild. Uh, the U.S. military, in a report they did in November of 2011, had indicated a $6 billion a year taxpayer cost. We're paying those, those fees annually for the supply chain counterfeiting issues. And the United Nations has identified, uh, like like uh, Matt said, 250 plus billion U.S. dollars annually, um, and their work indicates that a great percentage of that is tied into terrorist activities. It's a way of terrorists making money and uh, crime. So, drugs and crime. Uh, being funded by counterfeit components or counterfeit materials. So whatever steps we can take this way seem to be um, the right thing to do. And I know industry, as Matt has said, really should look at the cost of avoidance uh, protection, if you will, because litigation is certainly going to run individual for a company a, a lot of money. Yeah, you're exactly right. Again, just the cost of win can be just as bad as just the cost of winning can be just as bad as losing. So, having the mitigation policies in place is, is essential to, to to anyone's business. Uh, yes, uh, Richard. Yeah, I, you uh, earlier on we talked about before we went on air about some of the other products in the market for anti-counterfeiting and one of them which is uh, particularly occurring these days are the tagant based technologies and um, for the listeners the analogy would be if you go to the um, back to the electronics business for um, uh, looking at um, authenticating uh, chips uh, at the call legacy products in the supply chain marking them with these tagants uh, and identifying Identifying those specific taggants to the the distributor who had them last. Now, the analogy to that would be, in simple terms, that you you line up the uh, the batch of, uh, of, of components that you've got that you've declared at answer to, uh, are not counterfeit, and you've used the uh, uh, AS six zero eight one to determine that and test them, and then you get a kind of an alley like a kind of paint, and you paint them blue. Uh, by spraying on top of them, and then you say, well, this will allow you to track and trace these in the field. But essentially, what you've done is you've identified the batch. And the, the uh, Semiconductor Industry Association, SIA, uh, says that uh, they don't believe this works, and they say they will not uh, endorse it as being uh, effective as an anti-counterfeiting uh, product. Uh, now, on the same time, they haven't endorsed my product, uh, but I don't think they've endorsed anybody's right now because they attack the approach. The only way you can get a legitimate non-counterfeit chip is to get it from them. Yes, there is, There is, in fact, a lot of effort being put into saying uh, you should only buy from your trusted original equipment uh, or original component manufacturer, which is certainly nice, but it does not address the second stage. And a lot of things get, um, if you will, repaired. They get built and then last for long periods of times, uh, time. Uh, specifically, when we look at things like missiles and we look at airplanes and we look at even your refrigerators today, uh, they may not last the same 20 or 30 years that our parents did. 
Uh, but when you start fixing them, and some people still do do that, uh, they wind up being five, ten years in service before they get fixed. And the turnaround time for most components, or if you will, the life cycle, is, I believe, still around the 18 to 20 months is the life cycle of a uh, new semiconductor uh, manufacturing process. So, Yeah, I believe that's correct. And when you look at some of the uh, airplanes that are still in service today, I think they're saying the B-52, by the time they actually take it um, off the tarmac, it'll have been in service for 90 years, nine zero years. Uh, and they didn't even have computer chips at the time they built that. Yeah, I was watching 60 Minutes just the other night, and they were talking about the uh, F-35, the new jet that they're trying to put in service. Um, and they expect it to be in service for a very long time. Yeah, and I think, the, I believe the number is there's 2,500 printed circuit boards within that airplane. Uh, and I, I still believe that you're right, Stanley. They will make those components on those boards for no more than 18 months, and they'll move on to the next more advanced design. And they will build uh, many of these components, and they'll push them out into the market through their authorized distributors. Uh, and uh, those uh, were always believed to be as good as the, uh, the original component manufacturers. Until recently, that has uh, proven to be a fallacy. There's, been a, there's a major hiccup in the market right now with authorized distributors. Yes, yes, that has uh, started surfacing as well. And that takes us back to the whole issue of uh, the tamper-proof or tamper-evident seal or tamper-proof packaging, which is something I've been talking about for a period of time now, uh, much like we did with the medical uh, pharmaceutical industry. Uh, finding the necessity to do that, uh, the original equipment or original component manufacturers, um, I believe that that's something they either are considering or should be considering. I, I agree with you. Now, I, I, I agree with you too, Stan. Just going back to the legal issues I was mentioning, it's just another way to mitigate risk and, and you know, another way to avoid a lawsuit. Right. Well, folks, it's uh, time for us to take a, a short break here. We're going to step out. Please stay with us. When we come back, we'll be talking a bit more about uh, counterfeit material and the hazardous substance uh, products and services that are out there as well, uh, or the, the uh, attempt to avoid hazardous substances in products that we have out in the world. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Stan Slott, your host, people to people, working together for your safety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. 
Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat.com at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr. Our show today, International Supply Chains, Packaging Safety. We've been talking about the tamper-evident tamper design needed to uh, ensure that products are, in fact, uh, packaged and you know that the packaging that you've received or the material in the packaging that you received is authentic and that it came with the information or the, from a source that you can trust. This is a uh, major issue. It addresses particularly the counterfeit issues that the world has been seeing for some time. And as reported by both the United Nations uh, Office on Drugs and Crime, as well as the U.S. uh, Senate on military supply chains, we have a tremendous issue with counterfeit components uh, as well as counterfeit products. And when you stop and think about it, there's a tremendous amount of counterfeit products. We talked a bit about the Rolex watch and the uh, the Viagra or the uh, Cialis or, or other types of medicines, uh, which have long since or long been uh, packaged using tamper-proof seals, which in some ways uh, they protect us and in some ways even the counterfeits have, have become uh, packaged or packaged in tamper-proof seal uh, containers as well now. Uh, 
We've also been talking about the legalities of these uh, approaches and the various things that can be done. Obviously, a manufacturer is required uh, to stand behind their products. And in fact, uh, the U.S. military approach has been to put regulations, and I believe it's actually a law. We'll have to ask Matt here in a minute. But they have uh, put things in place where the producer becomes liable for all the costs associated with identifying, detecting, and servicing uh, the replacement of suspect or counterfeit parts. And I guess I'll I'll open us back up, uh, Richard and uh, Matt. Uh, Matt, you, I believe, are familiar with some of the NDAA material that's come out. Um, Could you help our audience understand... And I, and I hope I'm not putting you on your spot here, but uh, a little bit about that law or that regulation, whichever it is. Are you talking about the SAE standards, Sam? No, I'm talking about the, um, the NDAA, and I think it might be an 818 or something that the the government's come out with that said that if you if you sell me parts and they turn out to be counterfeit and I put them into an airplane, you get to pay for fixing it. Well, I'm assuming you're talking about the uh, Department of Defense Act in Section 818. There um, you after, go. Yeah, after the uh, November 8, 2011 hearing that you uh, touched upon earlier, uh, President Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act uh, for fiscal year 2012 into law. Uh, Section 18 was enacted to fight uh, pri- piracy, and it covers all Department of Defense contractors, or subcontractors who supply electronic parts uh, or products, including electronic parts. And the main purpose of this uh, section regulation is to establish inspection, testing, detection, uh, authentication, reporting requirements for the Department of Defense contractors. So now Department of Defense contractors are required to obtain parts from uh, original manufacturers or authorized dealers, and if they can't, uh, the parts have to be purchased from trusted suppliers. Um, so under this, under this, this section kind of defines what a trust, trusted supplier is, um, and if you are considered a trusted supplier under the statute, um, everyone will know that you went through the appropriate assessment to get accredited, uh, which indicates that you're complying with industry standards. So again, under this section, contractors have to establish policies and procedures to inspect test electronic parts, develop mechanisms to trace where the parts come from, and importantly, to develop programs, report, and quarantine counterfeit or suspect uh, electronic, excuse me, counterfeit parts. So again, this just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, everyone really has a broad awareness of the challenges that are associated with the distribution of counterfeit parts, so they have to take certain efforts to ensure that they don't distribute it. If they don't, they can get sued under the uh, strict liability uh, law I mentioned earlier, or under Section 818, uh, they can get hit with criminal penalties. They can also get hit with fines that are that are within the millions. Yes, and that that is certainly um, reason. And when you stop and think about the numbers that were shared out of the uh, the meetings that Levin, Senators Levin and McCain held. Uh, when you're talking about $6 billion, there's a lot of folks that are trying to fix this problem. Um, yeah, especially so. 
Richard, uh, any any additional thoughts on this and and where it's going? Okay, sure. I think it's uh, to tie in with what Matt said. Uh, the signature mark on the tamper evidence seals can be used not just for um, your repository stand, but they can also come. Uh, can be attached to uh, the uh, EMS packages. Uh, that go, come from the trusted suppliers when they ship their product to uh, their end user. So you can put a seal on it then, knowing that it's been tested uh, and it's sealed. And you can even get the test results uh, uh, attached to and embedded within the key itself. So the results can go with the product in a temper-evident uh, pouch, uh, which is uh, EMS-protected. Uh, At the risk of... Um <clears throat> Upsetting some of my listeners and uh, potentially some of the folks that I that I know very well in industry, I, I would comment at this point that the trusted supplier that we're talking about, particularly the distributor that's referred to as a trusted distributor, while I respect everything they do, one of the concerns I've always had relative to this topic is we've we've forever in my experience in industry, it had a take-back program uh, where products can be returned from me, the manufacturer, to the distributor, and those are usually overstocks or end runs or things that I just don't need anymore, thus going back into the supply chain. And it makes, without a, without a uh, tamper-proof seal-type packaging, it leaves me concerned that what I'm actually sending back may or may not be the parts I bought from the company that's taking them back. Uh, a distributor, even though they're trusted or franchised or authorized, is is in a place where they can take back an Intel chip, a Xilinx chip, a Motorola chip, a Texas instrument. They can take back anything they're authorized to to deal with. And at times, I'm not always sure that they're getting back the same parts that they sold. I don't think they track them down to the lot numbers. Well, we're coming up on the end of the show. I want to thank uh, both Richard and Matt for uh, being on the show with me today. It's been a very interesting discussion. Hopefully, uh, you've enjoyed the discussion yourself and uh, believe we've added some value to our audience. It's been a guest, Stanley. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, thank you for having me, Stan. I definitely appreciate uh, both of you, and hopefully I can uh, get both of you to come back on in time, and uh, we can continue this discussion. You bet. That's Thanks. Um, I'd like to remind our folks that uh, the show is all about bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for all of us uh, on a global basis. I certainly invite people to send send me or send us emails with their questions, uh, comments. Uh, by all means, uh, let me know what's what you feel is is right, wrong. If you think we're not on the mark or off the mark, uh, please you know. Share with me what you think so that I can uh, address that or correct it, whichever the case might be. I have launched a new website. It's www.stansalot.com. 
you're welcome to uh, send your questions there or email me as our uh, ads refer uh, to the eccorp.org. And that also is stand.salot at eccorp.org. Let us know what we can do to make to uh, provide value to you, the listeners. Uh, there's a related topic that we're working on, which is, as you've uh, potentially heard me say, the Hazardous Substance-Free Mark Alliance. It works closely in alliance with the Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, and the two alliances are intended to be international uh, organizations that work for our safety. Uh, we want to be sure to have safe products. The uh, hazardous substance part of it, the lead, the mercury, the cadmium, the hexylvania chromate, and so forth, restrictions on those are meant to address the potential effects on humans and animals. Uh, too much lead and you potentially pass on uh, autism, uh, Asperger's, and a number of other undesirable uh, situations to your offspring. Uh, the hazardous substance-free mark is based on a certification program as well and an international standard, as is the counterfeit avoidance. So both of those are in place. I'd also like to uh, once again mention that our sponsors, and we can't do this without sponsorship, our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. Uh, BQPM LLC does provide business process and quality management consulting and training services as well as software tools. Please take a few minutes and visit their website, www.bqpm.com. Uh, they also are specialists in the counterfeit avoidance certification preparation or for certification, if you will. They don't certify, but they do help companies become uh, compliant and uh, in a position to become certified for both the counterfeit avoidance certification and the hazardous substance process management or ROHAS compliance. Secure Components, LLC, uh, an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is... Uh, the first company in the world to achieve certification under the International uh, Electrotechnical Commission or the IECQCAP counterfeit detection mitigation uh, system. That certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 international standard, and you can find them at www.com. Uh, securecomponents.com and again I recognize the uh, support that we get from Goldberg Zagala uh, a regular guest on my show this week we had Matthew Schindel attorney at goldbergzagala.com and least I not mention we are staff from Voice America our radio station uh, Brandy Jackson, General Manager, Richard Ch uh, Chilano, Executive Producer, Randy Jackman, Production Manager, Jeffrey Gelstel, dire uh, Director of Host Services, Brooke Ida, Marketing and Social Media, 
and the woman that uh, makes everything work for me, Yulia Coach, Coach Branding and People-to-People Production Manager. Thank you all for listening, for tuning in, and uh, remember, we're here every Tuesday at 2 o'clock. I look forward to talking to you again about the hazardous substance and counterfeit products fight um, or activities we're doing to help work together for all of our safety. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. We'll be right back.